Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for joining I hope we end up having some fun today as I tell you a little bit about how the content came together, but I think we should begin by defining this term, your golden years. I have some questions about that for your life, but I should start with, are you familiar with that term? The golden years generally refers to the last active season of your life. Some might say it's 55 through 80 or 60 and up. But for many of us, it's defining some future time that is supposed to be amazing, where you are retired from whatever labor you'd engaged in, and you are transitioning to an environment of activity and exploration and reward. And we will talk today about what that term means for you, or when you look into your future and you see something golden, what do you imagine? But I will promise you right up front, this is not a finance, or money-saving episode. The point today is not to make sacrifices now and invest in Apple stock so that you can live out your last days on a yacht. In fact, the ultimate conclusions today are pretty much the opposite of that. So we'll talk a little bit about this term, and in the last section of the episode, I'll give you three things to consider, three points for the week. One is mine, one came from my wife, Summer, and the last one, and probably the best one, came from the mind of my 11-year-old, Nick. Okay, so here's the story of how today's episode came to exist. So for me, today, recording day, it's Wednesday. Yesterday, my family and I, that is Summer and myself, the two littles, Ella and Nick, and Luke, spent the day in Dallas. Luke was playing in his first collegiate golf event, 36 holes at the Golf Club of Dallas, if you know courses in the area. Which, by the way, in case you're wondering, since it's not really a part of the story, he did pretty well. He finished in the top 20 or so among all the participants and was right there in the middle amongst the 11 players at UT Tyler, which was pretty solid for a freshman. So afterwards, we're all feeling pretty good about it, and he rides home with us, and we get back to Terrell, and everyone's hungry. But we all wanted something different to eat, so we kind of scattered. We dropped Luke off at Chipotle, Summer went over to Chick-fil-A with the Littles, and I had a craving for Panda Express. That was in the middle, so we all agreed to meet up there for dinner. Except I got my food and sat down inside, you know, where the air is conditioned, and they all camped out outside, and Nick had to come in and tell me that Mom doesn't feel comfortable bringing other restaurants' food into Panda Express. That is also not a really important part of the story, but if you've ever wanted to know more about her, I think I just told you a lot. Yeah, she's probably going to kill me for that. Anyway, getting to the point. We all enjoyed our dinner, except I was the only one with a fortune cookie. So I announced ceremoniously to the table, whatever is on this fortune cookie will be next week's ESM episode. So I crack it open and everybody leans in 
And here is what the cookie says. Your golden years will be happy and fulfilling. So we all just kind of look at each other for about five seconds. And Summer says, Chris, aren't most of your listeners younger? I don't think that's going to work. And then Nick comes up with the bright idea. He says, let's just reset this thing. I'll go in and get another cookie. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just do something else. But I folded it over and stuck it in my wallet. So by the time we got home that night, I was pretty sure it wasn't going to work, but I was curious. So I opened up the laptop and just Googled the golden years. And I learned a couple of things. The first thing I told you in the introduction, that it's not just older or old age. It is a later season in life, usually in retirement, where you still have a lot of energy and want to be active. And those years are golden because you don't have the kids around and you can pretty much do whatever you want. And look, I know that's not the way it works out for everyone, but that is this ideal that people have in mind and they save for and plan for. I also learned that the term was coined in 1959. A couple of articles said that before that, retirement was not very exciting to most Americans. People put most of their joy in their jobs and in their kids, and now that, at least in a sense, both are gone, people were just kind of watching prices right and gardening all the way to the end. So, a company in Arizona built a massive, activity-filled fun zone for seniors. A place where you can live out that last great run of energy, interacting and exploring, and really just recapturing your youth. They called it the Golden Years. And I don't have the article in front of me right now, but something like 100,000 people signed up to come tour that place right off the bat. Here we are 60 years later, and that is still an enormous industry. You've put in the work, you've raised your family, you've earned this, You've saved well, go be with people like you, and have a great time. And while I'm not against that, and I don't want my tone to say so, it just kind of feels worldly and self-focused. And this is coming from a guy that up until just a few years ago had the great life goal of retiring to Sedona and locking his front door. So really, on a personal level, I'm working through the American vision of a final act and trying to make sure that it falls behind, way behind, God's vision for senior servants. Okay, so it's probably too late to cut to the chase on this, though you already may be listening in double speed. But this morning at breakfast, I let everybody at the table know what I had learned about this phrase. And between Nick and Summer and myself, three topics came out on the table that was a really good discussion for our family, and that's why I'm sharing it with you. My idea came up first, so I'll start with that. And really, it goes back to sitting outside of Panda Express in Terrell, Texas. I read this thing. Your golden years will be happy and fulfilling. And I remember looking up at most of my family, Hannah and Braden, the only ones in the immediate family who weren't there. And I thought to myself, more golden than this? I mean, we spent the day watching our son play golf and the school paid for it. We're all eating basically our favorite fast foods. We're sitting here enjoying the evening and laughing and having a good time. We're about to get into a car that hasn't broken down yet and head to a home that we kind of love. What's more golden than the present? What will come to bring more joy than what is? And how could it possibly be more fulfilling? Now, as I say that to you, I know your situation and mine are not the same. 
Also, I could easily depress you with things that are in our lives that aren't super great, which is always the case. But really, that's the way it's going to be in the golden years also, isn't it? Sometimes we'll be healthy and sometimes sick. For some of us, it will go better than others. It won't be any different than now. And if fulfillment and happiness and a golden life is always out there in the future, and somehow everything's going to be better, your marriage will be better, you'll have more money in the bank, Luke will have just won the Masters, there's a pretty good chance that you will be disappointed. In fact, there are some people that are never quite satisfied or happy. It's never good enough. And somehow we buy into this idea that one day it just will be good enough. But that's when you'll learn. It wasn't the circumstances all along that was imperfect. It was me. So it made for a good opportunity in front of my kids today at breakfast to say that this is a joyful life. Your mom and I are fulfilled being with you. We like to go on trips. We love our yearly getaway to Sedona when we can. But we're not searching for something that isn't already here. Look, I believe your golden years, no matter your age, will be happy and fulfilling. Years when you are comfortable in your own skin, when you are reaping some level of reward for good and disciplined behavior, when you're not fighting every battle and you can let some things go for the greater good of the people in your life, when you can engage in activities that align with your values, that enhance your integrity, and that make you feel amazing, not just in the flesh, but even in the name of the Lord. But the question is, why not now? Why can't today be either the golden years or the beginning of a golden age? Why not choose to be happier now? Why not look at the way God has blessed your life, the things that you do have, the way he has overlooked your mistakes and continue to bless you anyway and say, I am fulfilled. Why not make and accept and proclaim this year, this one, as a golden one. Again, maybe you or someone you love is sick. Maybe you are wrestling with God on some things. That'll be next week's episode. Maybe it's the devil working through others to try and strip you of your joy. Maybe you thought it would all be easier by now. But let's just be honest. All of that isn't just going to go away when you turn 65 or Social Security checks start coming or you get to walk away from your job. Anyway, those were my thoughts. Why not now? In the name of the Lord, why not now? So after that, at the table this morning, Summer chimes in with some comments about senior servants. She has this amazing way of very quietly and calmly shaping my behavior with the Bible. You know anybody like that? They're a real treasure. Anyway, she's kind of like, I don't really get it. This idea of working and laboring and investing in your life and others and then going and just permanently retiring in a fun zone with a bunch of other people. Going to Arizona with some other retired people to have a good time is called a vacation, not a life. We shouldn't use all of the culmination of our wisdom and relationship building and savings accounts to go and expend the last bit of energy God has given us on ourselves. Now again, we both love vacation, but that's what they are. Short departures from a life that hopefully is increasing in service all the way through to the end. 
She's going to tell me later, Chris, I did not say all of that, but that's exactly what I got from the point she was making. When I say she went to the Bible, she took me back to a sermon I'd done a handful of years ago on God's senior servants. I remember that sermon started with me showing everyone a picture of Harriet Thompson, who had just ran a marathon for the 16th consecutive year, which is pretty amazing no matter what, but more astonishing when you find out that she ran her first at age 76 and completed her last at age 92. That is a literal representation of applying yourself beyond your limits and running your best even at the end. We did a character study on Noah, Abraham, and Moses. And I kind of set up two charts on the left and the right. On the left, it was Bible ages, which of course were much longer back then. And I compared it to ages today. Noah was called to start building the ark at an age that is equivalent today to about 50 years old. Imagine using your 50s and 60s, building a massive boat for the Lord without power tools. Abraham was called to leave his homeland at what would have been around the age 40 for us. And he was called to make the biggest sacrifice of his life, the offering of his own son, in what would be our 60s. Moses was called to deliver the people at his age of 40 and came back to complete the task at his age of 80. He died at 120, so it's not that big of a stretch to say that God might call you in the last third of your life to do your best work and to complete things that you didn't get accomplished before. We should have the attitude of Caleb. In his 40s, he tried to lead the people into the land, but no one would follow him. Yet at the age of 85, in a time where they only lived to be around 100, he said, I'm as strong as I've ever been. Let's rally up and get this done. Over the last several years, Summer has helped me understand that God may be building us towards our greatest service later. When you think about retirement age, generally it means less responsibility at home, a little bit more time on your hands, probably a little more money in your pocket. I want to be building to more evangelism, more service of God's people, and more giving. So if you want to paint a picture of a beautiful last phase, the great exertion of the last bit of energy that you have in what you call your golden years of fulfillment, do that and get excited about it and plan for it. But make sure it is God's vision to his glory because there are things he will want to do with you then that aren't even yet possible. And I'm guessing all of that sounds really good and noble to you, but bringing this back to the present, no matter your age, if that's the kind of person you want to be then, then start seeding that garden now. Find time to serve. Expend energy to help. Put aside funds to give. Do your best now in the great year that you're living in. And then later, in what might be the most golden years of all, you will be accomplishing the most amazing things. So practically speaking for me, that means no hiding away in retirement in the hills of Sedona. But that leads naturally into the last point about true rest. As soon as I described the technical definition of the golden years at the table, I could see Nick's wheels turning. And he listened to me talk and Summer talk, and he sat there quietly. And then he closed out the conversation with this. It sounds to me like those golden years are in heaven. And I just really love that he said that. And I think that was the moment when I was like, yep, I'm recording this. 
Because while all of us, no matter your age, knows that what Nick said is right, sometimes maybe we're not living like it. Kids say things the way they believe them to be. Sometimes we say things we know should be true, but aren't. So I just want to end by checking in with you on that. Do you believe, like Hebrews 4 teaches us, that the rest that is prepared is actually beyond this life? I did an episode earlier this year in June called How You Finish, and it warrants this question, when are you finished? When are you finished learning? When are you finished loving and serving? When are you finished giving? When is the time when enough has been expended and it's time to move to a place to reap your reward? Because if my idea of that is Arizona at age 65, then I don't get it. I haven't yet understood what it means to be saved by the Lord, to live out every ounce of breath and energy he puts in me until the very end, enjoying a golden life now and in the future, a life of happiness and fulfillment in the labor, in the kingdom labor, gathering and encouraging souls so that we can truly reach that place where we can rest. And by the way, since Nick's point was so short and profound, I have an extra minute or two here to tell you about that heavenly rest. Because I don't know that at any point in a Christian's future, that what is laid out before us is to float around on a cloud while angels drop grapes into our mouths and fan us unendingly with massive branches. God's people always find richness golden richness in active service and gratitude to the glory of our Lord. In Revelation 4 and 5, we get this picture of heaven, and these guys have crowns, which sounds great, and then they cast the crowns down at the feet of the Lord. They're given energy and a body and a voice, and they use it to praise his name, holy, 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 unendingly. And I say this to you because if you're waiting on the golden years, even if you have to wait for heaven where it becomes about you receiving, then you probably need to reevaluate where the true value, fulfillment, and happiness is for the child of God. It is being in his presence, receiving his blessings as you continually offer to him your life. But here's what's really cool about that. If that's what you consider to be golden, when does that start? Not in heaven, though I'm sure it will be marvelous there. Not at retirement age, but now and always. So let's do this. Why not now and forever live your golden years? Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.